Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nermeen Jasani, lawyer turned law firm strategist. And this series is part two of the seven things that you don't know about seven-figure law firm owners. So just a couple of quick notes here. Uh, remember to subscribe to the series, however you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or Google, wherever it is, you'll get a nice little notification when I've published a new episode so you don't have to keep searching about what this podcast is called, maybe fat fingering it and misspelling it because uh, Apple and Spotify search is not as great as Google searches. So it won't necessarily pick up on those mistakes. Okay, so make sure you take a second right now and subscribe. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is the what I like to call consulting on the go, consultant in your pocket, Nermeen in your pocket for a day is linked below. Again, it is beta pricing at $397. And lastly, prices for the wildly successful law firm program are going up in November. They're at 6,000 right now. They're gonna go up to 9,000. I increase my prices every year. I believe in full trans transparency when it comes to prices and not only that, but I had a really interesting conversation with a colleague the other day who was like, you know, I think I need to spend more time with you because you're increasing your prices so dramatically and I can't even imagine doing that. So pause for a second and think about that, right? Like when was the last time you increased your prices? What would it even feel like for you if you were to increase your prices? For me, I have no fear or anxiety around it. I'm not sitting here thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna lose half of my clients or no one's gonna wanna work with me or any of that. In fact, I think I'm signaling to my clients that my program is so worth it, right? It's so worth it and I'm delivering on results that I'm increasing the prices because of that. So just a quick little note on that um, and let's get right into this episode. So last episode, we talked about not DIYing it, right? Because seven-figure law firm owners don't DIY it. You know what else they don't do? They don't try to be everything for everyone, right? And I know that you've heard this before, but I'm actually going to define it a little bit differently. So at some point when you started your law firm, someone has told you you should really figure out what your niche is, right? Like that five letter word, N-I-C-H-E, you're sort of like, what does this mean? You do some Google searching on it, you maybe read some Reddit forums, some Quora forums, right? And you're, you kind of have an idea of what it means to have a niche, but maybe you kind of have one right now in your practice area or in your law practice, or maybe you don't, so let's, actually talk about this because this is the one thing that seven-figure law firm owners are quick to do and they don't delay on this. So it could be that you went to big law, you are now, you were trained in let's say M&A transactions and now you have started your own practice and you are focusing on M&A transactions but for the smaller companies, not your multi-billion dollar deals, right? Not your Fortune 100 companies. Maybe you're working with, you know, decent sized 40, $50 million manufacturing companies that won't make it even to the Fortune 1000, but are still of scale, right? <laughs> Especially considering it's just you or you and a couple of people in your practice and you're able to support them. Or a lot of the attorneys that I work with 
have some sort of a specialty. They do M&A work for doctors or dentists or just very specialized areas of law, right? And I think that there's been a lot of muddied waters when it comes to figuring out what your niche is. And I wanna be really clear. Niche can be a couple of different things. It's not just limited to your practice area, right? You can absolutely say, I am an M&A attorney for dental practices that wanna merge. Think of Heartland, Greater Expressions, whatever you know, corporate dental <laughs> company is in your city, right? One that you see on every corner, kind of like a Dwayne Reed or a CVS or a Starbucks. So you can absolutely be one of those attorneys in that practice area, right? You can also be a niche attorney, have a niche specialty based on the kinds of clients that you serve, right? So let's say that you are a family attorney and you work with dads who are very active in their kids' lives who are going through a divorce or going through a child support issue or are getting remarried and need a prenup for this marriage, right? So you service those kinds of clients and whatever comes up related to marriage and family issues, right? There's two different ways that you can have a niche and you can actually combine these things. You can just do one or the other. You know, it's, it's not limited essentially is what I'm trying to say. There's so many different ways that a niche can look. And the most important thing that you want to know is that when you have an expertise established, when you are the person that people think of for this thing, you can now profit off the fact that that has become free advertising. Word of mouth, by the way, is free, right? And any referral that comes from that, any business that comes from that is just amazing because you're more likely to close it, right? because it's a referral. We all know it's a referral is a warm lead. A warmer lead is more likely to convert, right? Sales 101. And the other benefit of being a, a niche or a specialty or being an expert in that area of law is that you can charge more money, right? So think about it this way. If you are just going to a dentist, any old dentist, right? To get a cavity filled, you know, that's gonna be X amount of $100. But if you happen to go to an endodontist who is a specialist in root canals, who's gonna to try to save this cavity so that you don't have to get a root canal, which is gonna cost you way more money, which I have way too much experience with, to be completely honest. So that endodontist is gonna be able to charge more than a general dentist is. Why? Because they've got a specialty, right? They only do this, right? The, you know, surgeon, right? Which is still a very specialized field versus the specialist, right? When it comes to back surgeries, specific, you know, L2, L3 disc herniations, right? You're gonna be able to charge more because you're the specialist in that area. We see this across all industries, right? It doesn't matter what industry we pick, especially if it's a service-based industry, 
you want to have a specialty. You want to be known for something. Your favorite restaurant, your favorite Thai place, right? Maybe it's known for their coconut soup, but maybe not so much for their noodles. Maybe you go somewhere else for their noodles, right? So just really keep thinking about how even in your own daily decisions, in your own where you spend your money, right? Where do you spend your money? You go to the place that you know is specialized in that thing. Are you gonna go to a pizza place to buy a sub? Probably not, right? You wanna go to the place that specializes in subs, not the pizza restaurant. I know that these seem like very obvious examples, but here's why I'm sharing this with you right now. In my process of consulting with my clients, we always get to this point where strategically you have to choose your audience. You cannot be everything to everyone, right? You can't even say we are a full service family law practice, right? Like that is really not even specialized and you might think that it is, but in reality it's not. We have to carve you down even tighter because when we do, we're actually able to clean up the messaging, the branding, the colors, the logo that you choose on your website. Like all of that gets cleaned up when you decide, are you going to favor more, you know, male clients or more female clients? Are you gonna go for more affluent clients? Or are you gonna go for middle-class clients, right? All of those decisions actually have this incredible domino effect in your law firm, right? And how you run it and whether or not it's successful, okay? So let's take this example and let's go with it. Let's say you are a family practice, a full service family practice, right? I hear this all the time, fill in the blank, full service practice. Okay, that's good for you, but also it doesn't tell the listener anything specific other than your field of practice. And this is when you start having to dodge, right? Oh, do you do this kind of work? No, we don't do that. Oh, do you, do you work with clients like this? No, we don't do that. You're spending more time dodging than you are actually bringing in the kind of clients that you wanna work with. So let's say you look at the numbers, right? Because that's where you gotta start. You don't just all of a sudden wake up one morning and say, I'm gonna be a full service family office for uh, only doctors, right? That's the only medical profession that we're gonna serve. We're only gonna work with doctors. We're not gonna work with any other kinds of professionals and we're gonna handle all of their divorces and prenups and postnups and child support and child custody issues and all of that, right? Now, you can't just wake up and do that. You've gotta look at the numbers, right? And you've gotta look at your location. You've gotta do a lot of analytics before you can even decide on this, right? You wanna make sure that you have the data to back your decision. And when you make that decision, you then need to make sure that everything reflects that, right? So when they come to your website, this doctor, are they gonna feel like, Wow, look how beautiful this website is. Look how great these photos are. Look how beautiful this office is. All of that needs to come together, right? Look at this pricing. Wow, $600 an hour, that's nothing, right? Like I'm absolutely okay with paying that, knowing that you know all of my assets are gonna be protected in this prenup agreement and that it's gonna be a fair agreement between me and the person that I love that I want to marry, right? Now, 
when you make that decision, you have to know that it affects everything else. And I often find that attorneys are so scared to figure out their niche, to openly say, I only work with doctors who are going through difficult family crises, including prenups, divorces, and child custody, because they feel like if they limit themselves, if they don't say, well, I can also review your employment agreement as a doctor, I can also, you know, uh, do a real estate closing for you in that house that you're going to have to sell because of this divorce, right? Like they feel like they have to capture all of that business. And the reality is that you wouldn't have gotten that business in the first place had you not said specifically, right, that you are an attorney who works exclusively with doctors who are going through difficult family crises. And that's the thing that's, that's the killer here, right? You have to make a decision that you're only going to do this kind of work and that you're going to turn everything else away. And allowing yourself to only focus on that kind of work, you get better at it. You become known for it, right? Again, think about all the, how you consume things, how you, if you had to go through a surgery, are you going to go to just any old general surgeon? Probably not. You're going to try to find someone who specializes in, you know, knee surgeries. You don't want to go to the elbow guy. You want to go to the knee guy, right? And if you had, you know, if you needed chemotherapy, you're not going to go to just any old cancer treatment center. You're going to try to find the best one, right? Even if it means it's not even in your city and you have to relocate to go somewhere else, right? These are the realities of how you consume. And so put yourself in your client's shoes. How are they going to consume you? They're going to consume you because you're the specialist and you are saying, you are telling them and everyone else that you know, that this is your specialty, that this is the thing that you do. This is the thing that you are known for lawyer, lawyer, sin, right? So I want you to know that the most successful attorneys, have a niche and it's very, very specific. And you as an attorney, as the business owner can choose what that niche is. If you hate doctors, you don't want to work with doctors. Don't make that part of your specialty, right? If you want to work with, let's say lawyers who have gotten a ding on their, you know, medical license or on their, on their law license, and they're about to be reviewed, right? By the state bar. That could be your specialty. Your specialty could also be, okay, well, I only work with Fortune 100 employees to review their contract agreements. Even more niche, I only work with tech employees to review their contracts because their contracts are often more specific with stock payouts, when stocks are going to invest, when options are going to invest, what things are going to look like, when they can leave the tech company, can they take people with them? Very specific, right? Now your average employment attorney might be able to Google some of that, might be able to find some answers behind the scene on that. But more than likely, you're going to want to work with the person who's either in Silicon Valley, has lived there or has done tons of contracts for other Silicon Valley employees, right? 
Like just, just think about how you consume. This is how your clients are gonna consume you. And if you are known to be that specialty, they are going to come to you. And it doesn't matter what you charge, right? Because you have the benefit of then saying, I'm the expert in this area. I have reviewed X amount of contracts and I'm the go-to person, right? And you know, I really want you to take a second and pause right now and think about one of your most admired colleagues, someone that you really look up to in your industry. I bet you that they specialize in something specific. I talk to a lot of criminal defense attorneys and there's always one name that comes up. Oh, that guy, he's known for appeals. Oh, that guy, he's, she's known for, for, you know, doing a great job when it comes to white collar defense. Think about the people that you truly respect. Now they got to that place because they got really good at one thing. They figured out their niche. And again, it does not have to be a specific practice area. It could be the kinds of clients that you work with. Again, dads who love their kids, doctors who are going through a divorce, right? It could be small for companies, tech employees, right? You could really just have an incredibly successful law practice just based on figuring out your niche. Rather than just being a trademark attorney, because I see so many of those on Instagram these days, right? They're all walking around, dancing, you know, doing all sorts of things on some trademark that got approved, right? Congratulations, but also, right? Wasn't that a flat fee? You probably couldn't charge some expert rate. Now imagine if you were a trademark attorney for something really specific, for clothing designers, for jewelry designers, right? For that specific audience. Now you're not just gonna charge 500, 1500, 2000 for that specific kind of trademark. Now you're gonna charge even more because you've done so many of them at this point, right? Okay, so that's our conversation today on picking your niche because I promise you, it's just your fear that's preventing you from picking your niche. Once you figure out based on the data where you should actually be focusing your efforts and your time and telling people what you do, that's where everything truly comes together as a business, right? Every business that you admire has a niche. Apple has a niche. Even their clientele, who they attract, who they work with, is a very specific kind of person, right? Stark difference between an Apple user and an Android user or a Google user or an LG user, right? Like a huge difference. And if you think about it, the Apple users are the ones who get in that ecosystem. Once you've got one device, you've got all of them, right? You've got the iPhone, you've got the iPad, you've got the iWatch, you've got the MacBook, right? All of that. So I want you to think about that when you are thinking about your clients. Think about how you consume things. Think about how you wanna go with the product, the person, the restaurant that is known for that thing, right? So 
What are you waiting on? Go pick your niche right now if you haven't. And if you do and you're stuck or anything like that, reach out to me. All of my contact information is below. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of the seven part series of seven things you don't know that seven figure law firm earners make. I'll catch you next time. Bye lawyers.